Hi, hello. Welcome to the Arrogant Healthcare Marketing Bastards podcast for the week of July 22, 2013. This is episode 201, and I am Chris Bevelo, president of Interval, the healthcare marketing firm that puts on the podcast. With me today are uh, Adam Meyer, creative director at Interval. Jackie Rotaco, account manager at Interval. Jackie, you decided to throw throw a curveball there. <laughs> Go out of our normal order. Was that our normal order? Well, I think we've established usually that you go first, ladies oh. first. Oh, yes. all right. Well, I like that we're program. Shuffle, much we're a chivalrous better. organization. Yes, that's I'm, okay. I just virtually <clears throat> pointed instead. Yes, that was yes. awesome. <laughs> Nobody could see that but us. <laughs> all right. So I, I do have uh, a strong feminine side, so it might make sense that I I go first. True. Dad. This is true. This is true. <laughs> Prosthetics. That's all I have to say. I have feminine prosthetics. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I didn't say feminine or masculine. I just <laughs> and we're off track prosthetics. already. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got a show title. Yes, we Pros- do. Prosthetics. <laughs> all right. A couple of notes before we do. We've got some good stuff to dive into, so I want to make sure we have time to get to it all. Um, I'm going to be in Chicago. So if this posts like it normally would on Monday the 22nd, I will be in Chicago the next day speaking at the Reagan Healthcare Marketing Communications Conference at the Gleacher Center doing my Joe Public spiel. So if you are on the fence about attending and you hear this Monday afternoon, not too late to sign up. (laughs) (laughs) We'll provide a link. Uh, also want to thank everybody who joined us for our live podcast. That was a lot of fun last week. Mm-hmm. Got good feedback on it. And as a follow-up, we are going to be doing more of the um, live streaming and the tweet chats. Uh, we're not doing that today only because we still need to get some equipment and figure some things out to make sure it runs as smoothly as possible. But we are committed to that shift in a permanent yep. fashion. Uh, what else? Oh, and obviously, if you didn't hear last week, we are going to be at Shushmid in big and bold ways. I will be speaking there on uh, brand architecture. We will be hosting, once again, I believe, the third annual Branding at the Bar. Possibly the most popular event at Shushmid, I think, if you polled people. I think you might find that. <laughs> like us, if you polled us. <laughs> if you polled us, yep. Uh, but we're also going to be, for the first time, having an exhibit at Shushmid. We've never done that before. We're not exhibit types of people. Uh, but we're going to do it this year, and we're going to use it as a format to broadcast this show from Shushmid. That's how we're going to be stationing. Can you station an exhibit? That's how mm-hmm. we're going to be stationed at sure. an exhibit. That's how we're going to show up. That's the experience we're going to deliver. So that's going to be a blast. We'll tell you more about um, how that's going to work as we get closer. We're going to be looking for guests to join us in booth uh, while we're broadcasting. Obviously, you're going to have to be at Shushmid to be a guest. But if you're planning on attending, let us know that. And if you'd like to be a guest, we will slot you in. Mm -hmm. So I think that's it for the notes. Anything I'm missing? Mm, that's That's a lot. It is a lot. What's going on? Okay. So let's talk about um, a big deal in our biz right now, and that is the state insurance exchanges, which are starting to come online. Uh, If I'm not mistaken, by law, they have to be online by Jan 1, 2014. It's coming up. So available in all states by then. Now, what you may be hearing in the news is there are a lot of states that have opted not to build an exchange which means the federal government will build it for them. Uh, so we're, it's possible that gets delayed just because we're starting to see delay in other ways with this. 
uh, law. But the story, which we first saw in, um, saw it on Kaiser Health News, but I'm sure it's been everywhere. You've got states that are now starting to advertise uh, these exchanges that mm-hmm. are out there. And we'll provide a link to this story. Uh, actually, it's a blog post, in their capsules blog. But it does a good job of explaining uh, how four states are tackling it, Kentucky, Colorado, Oregon, and Connecticut. Uh, what I think is interesting about this, and I'll let you guys weigh in, they have examples of the ads. Where they point out in here that the ads uh, go out of their way to avoid any mention of the law, and certainly oh, yeah. any invention of the word Obamacare, uh, and any mention that there is a requirement to have insurance. So the ads are really more positive. Hey, now you have this this option that you didn't have before. Uh, it's great for people who haven't been able to get insurance because it's too expensive or because they've been denied for pre-existing conditions. So their take at this stage is very positive. It's not punitive in, in, or even threatening in any stretch of the imagination. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you guys get a chance to look at the ads that they had there posted? Yeah. I'll- yeah. Go ahead, Adam. Yeah, I was gonna say, well, I was gonna say Kentucky's was long as hell. I mean, that was <laughs> yeah, like I gotta quit. Was I mean, that I'm an sure ad? That's like, do you think that's got to be like the web version? Like yeah. that's the unedited web version for TV. They probably have like a thirty second, I'm guessing, or sixty second version of it, or even shorter. Um, but that one was kind of, I mean, the one that they embedded here from uh, that Kaiser embedded was that one in it. I, I honestly, I mean, I stopped at about a minute and a half because I was like, all right, I get the point. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> same here. Watch the other ones too. Um, let's see. I forget Denver or Colorado's. I thought, yeah, well, that was the sports themed one, right? With the woman going nuts in the locker room mm-hmm. with the right. dude, they're all celebrating and blowing champagne all over the place. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know. That one rubs me the wrong way. Just for, just because it seems kind of cheesy for or, or yeah. like it misses it, like it misses the mark somehow. It's like what. Is, the celebration that particular portrayal of celebration just doesn't seem to connect. Um, the what state was the one with the dots in the background? Let me let me play it again here. Change think, is surprising. That would have been um, Connecticut. That's Connecticut. Connecticut yeah, oh, okay, yeah. <clears throat> connect. I cut as my fourth grade teacher would have said. Um, that one. What I, th- I thought was interesting in that one is that, and this is probably like for legal reasons, I had to say it this way. But you know, it's. It, it, the whole point is that healthcare is accessible to everyone, but like the, one of the ver- first lines is almost everyone can have healthcare now. And it's just kind of like, well, who doesn't get it exactly here? Um, so that one, I was just kind of like, I'll, right off the bat, I was like, well, that's not reassuring at all. Cause you know, when you're, right. if you're someone who struggled to get healthcare in the past, the first thing you're going to assume when you hear that is, well, that excludes me because yeah. I'm the one who's had trouble with it. So I don't know, maybe they should have just, bit the legal bullet there and said, and said everyone, but I don't know, maybe that's just misleading to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so the one that I actually did, I saw, so there's three or four. I didn't, wasn't that hot big on. Um, I did look kind of like the Oregon one, yeah, yeah. which was the, the, the one it was, it was simple production, but, but good production is kind of, is a, is a, it's a catchy song. So it's going to be one of those commercials where, um, you know, you can be washing the dishes with the TV on in the background and it comes on and you're going to know, what it was. Well, and plus it's, it's not just a jingle. It's singing a song that has a message to it. Um, but it feels right for Oregon. I mean, you, as listen, anyone listening to the podcast is going to have to go listen to it. Um, obviously, but the, the jingle feels 
Oregon y to me. You know, I kind of when I think of Oregon, you know, the first thing that pops into my mind is like Oregon Trail. Um, so I'm kind of <laughs> thinking of the whole like covered wagons and, and folk music really? type thing. Yeah, this folk is in, music. Folk music, yeah, probably more than Portlandia. Than, it's totally <clears throat> Portlandia. Yeah, but I don't go. I don't go. For me, I don't go to Portland when I think. Like, like I said, I, cause I, I haven't watched that show. I've heard it's really good, and I'm anxious too. But um, you know, the first for me, the first thing that comes to mind is Oregon Trail, and I'm thinking covered wagons and dysentery, and you know, really, wow. So, so, so I, I kind of go to this, um, and I, and I, but I connect, I connect kind of old school folk music to to kind of that old school covered wagon feel so anyway i just it connected it it, I, it made a connection with me on that on that side well you know what's interesting about that adam is i completely did not see it that way and that was part of the thing i was going to point out <laughs> is that i did i mean portland is like the is like the capital of hipsters that is that is what it is and this completely came off as like a hipster take like it's yeah. a woman in a flower dress playing an acoustic guitar and um, you know, there's like a organic farm behind her and all this. I mean, it's just like dead on hipster. And I think the people in Oregon, it's very similar to Washington. And then you've got Seattle, which is a very progressive, very liberal city on the coast. Uh, Portland is somewhat the same way. Portland's not exactly on the coast, but it's near it. So you've got that side of the state. The rest of the state is very, um, it's more like Wyoming. Very conservative. It's the opposite of hipster. It's the opposite of liberal. And so, what I wondered was: is that is that add to hipstery for the rest of Oregon? Hmm. The people out on the ranches going, you know, okay, great. Obviously, this is for the people in Portland, um, but maybe they don't care about those people. Because my other point, I'm going to get to in a little bit, is the p- political taint of all of this. But it's interesting that you did see it as more of a Western kind of the old school Western. I didn't yeah, see that at but, all, but and I know Jackie wants to say something here too. So I don't want to keep jumping in. Once you say, <laughs> say your thing first, then I'll, I'll, I'll then I'll comment on that. Well, the, the one thing I was just going to note, I really like that ad, but I just think it's really interesting. The difference in messages in all these ads, this one hardly talks about, I mean, besides when they put up the website at the end, I mean, it's really, it doesn't talk too much about, you know, the benefits or what this is all about. Hardly at all compared to that right. two minute and 50 second one. <clears throat> you were referencing, and even some of the other <laughs> ones who got a little more in-depth. I mean, they still don't mention the law or Obamacare, but I just think it was interesting how kind of surface-level this one was. Yeah. It was definitely more entertainment value. That's yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> and I, that, that could be a, a good thing, you know, because it, it doesn't <clears throat> it doesn't speak to people being excluded like that one did right off the bat. Yeah. It's not, <clears throat> you know, it's not three and a half minutes long, so it's not intimidating to, <clears throat> you know, the experience of the ad isn't intimidating. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but I think, Chris, to your point earlier, too, I think that actually if there's one style of music right now that embodies hipster, hipsterism, if that's a word, it probably is folk music. I mean, because the whole hipster movement has got this hippie component. Um, if you think of some of the bands out there that feel kind of hipsterish to me, I'm thinking of like of Monsters and Men. Mumford uh, that and kind Sons. Of stuff. Yeah. Mumford and Sons. It's all about, Real you know, cool. banjos and mandolins and, and that <laughs> kind of stuff. It's all about so. banjos. That's right. <laughs> I love those bands. I love them. <laughs> oh, so do I. I like them too. And I actually just bought a mandolin. Here, I'm going to hold it up. You guys can see it. Why don't you play some for us, Chris Boyer? <laughs> can you play it? Oh, that's oh, cool looking. Here, maybe I can even... Yeah. Since we're... Sing us some um, Little Talks, one of my favorite songs of all time. Oh, oh, yeah, that is a good one. God, so good. 
Oh, not Mark Cohn. You're going to kill me. <laughs> that's not Mark Cohn. That's John, that's John Hyatt. Oh, it was? That's Cry, okay, Cry right. Love by John Hyatt. That's right. I was thinking of Mark Cohn, which... So if you're if you're from this area, both of those guys are like Basilica Block Party standards. And yeah, remind me of like 20 years ago when I was well, however old at the Basilica Block Party, listening to John Hyatt slash Mark Cohn slash name the rest of them. Ad, can I just say real quick that Adam's set up like if you guys could all see us right now, Adam's got like really cool guitars behind him and he plays a mandolin and. Chris and I just don't have that backdrop in our studio. No, we don't. <laughs> We don't. Well, here's the other thing I wanted to talk to, because I want to get to the other ones. What I think is a shame here, maybe it's not a shame, but this is what I assume is going to happen. They they obviously made a concerted effort to not bring up the law, Mm -hmm. for obvious reasons. Um, But I think one of the main reasons is because this this whole thing is so politically tainted. I said this before. I just read yesterday that the House of Representatives voted for the 42nd time to dismantle Obamacare. It's Jeez. just ridiculous, wow. right? I mean, move on already. But what's <laughs> right. sad about it is when you look at what these ads are touting, the ones that actually tout something, um, they're talking about more access to insurance for more people than ever before, lower cost insurance, and you don't get stopped for pre-existing conditions. I, I fail to see how people can argue against that. And even if you're a Republican, these are market-based solutions. This is not the government offering you insurance. These are private mm-hmm. insurers that are going to be providing this. So that what's funny is the, the fundamental part of Obamacare, the mandatory insurance, that was a Republican idea. He basically stole right. it from a think tank. <clears throat> and as soon as he started promoting it, those folks were like, well, we can't support what he's doing. So they completely right. flipped. So right. it, it's really sad that we can't all just go, you know, in the end, this could actually help. Um, right. You know, whether or not you're required to buy insurance, I get that people are, are frustrated with that. But what this is actually trying to provide to people, a market-based opportunity <clears throat> to buy insurance for less money without saying, well, sorry, you have diabetes, you're screwed. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a fundamental positive deal. Uh, and I And it's just too bad that... You know, there's going to be whatever forty nine percent of the people who see these ads, and even though they're not talking about it, they're going to be like, "Oh well, yeah," because we're forcing us to buy insurance and oh, yeah. that Obamacare, blah, you know, vomiting <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> so it just gets me a little frustrated. But I, you know, obviously people probably are aware of my political yeah. views. Well, at politics this point, today so. isn't even about. It's not. It's not about what's right and wrong. It's about sabotaging the other side, and even you know, like like you said, going going against things you once believed in simply because the other side believes in them. So let's mm-hmm. do whatever we can to sabotage it and make sure it doesn't work. Oh yeah, that's insane. That's just yeah, insane. I agree. Oh. I agree. All right, so let's move on with that insanity. <laughs> so and I wish Katie were on the air for this next one because I have a <laughs> for her. Oh, I know. I was reading it and thinking, uh, yeah. So this is an article from the New York Times, Why Web Reviewers Make Up Bad Things. And it's really fascinating. So, you know, 
the the assumption is that that when you see bad reviews, you know, I'm sure a lot of them are legitimate, but folks are also think that a lot of them are fake. That it's a competitor. So if this is a restaurant, it could be a com- competitor. You know, somebody <clears throat> from a different restaurant. Right. It could be disgruntled employees. It could be a pissed off ex wife. Whatever. Right. So somebody, not somebody. These are some some significant brand names here: Northwestern University and MIT Sloan School of Management. Okay, so you don't get more upper echelon academically than those two. Uh, did a study to try to figure out, well, who is actually behind most fake negative reviews? Right. And the way they did this was they took an unnamed apparel company. So they, they're working with an apparel <clears throat> company, but they didn't, they're not naming who it is. They market through catalogs, a few stores, and a website. This is from an article we composed. The company does not use third-party sellers, and few of its products turn up on eBay, so it provided a relatively controlled experience. So basically, if you want to buy their stuff, you have to buy it from them. And so they had, they found out that registered customers wrote over 325,000 reviews in the study period. Six, for 16,000 of those reviews, there was no evidence that the customer bought the item. So they're able to tag back the customer review to <clears throat> their sales records. Mm-hmm. And so in 16,000 cases, the people were saying this product sucks, but they didn't actually buy it. And, right. um, what they found was the those reviews are on balance much more negative. So the end result of this is that the the biggest group of folks that are writing negative reviews that are fake are not competitors, are not pissed off ex-wives, they're actual customers. Yeah. And and not necessarily obviously customers that bought that particular product, but but what they term as self-appointed brand ambassadors. So they're like tweets yeah, so for some reason. <clears throat> Um, you know, they give an example of, um, Harley Davidson cut, you know, people who have Harley Davidson bikes getting pissed off that they introduced a perfume mm-hmm. and feeling like, well, that's a reflection on us. You know, we're the tough Harley Davidson, right. you know, out on the road. Are you going to, you're going to put a perfume out there? Not on our watch, you know? Right. So folks kind of rose up about that. <clears throat> so that's fascinating to start with. Don't you guys think? Yeah, totally. There's, and it's interesting too. And <clears throat> if you look at. I mean, if you think of the places where you where you do look at reviews and like five star ratings or whatever, <clears throat> you know one of the first that jumps to mind is the App Store, and I think we've talked about this before. So like for your your phone, your iPad or your iPhone, um, probably similar similar for Google Play purchases as well. But you know you, if you if you purchase an item on there, so you are a customer, you're allowed to review it. You can't do that unless you've actually purchased it. Um, <clears throat> but half the time the reviews are nothing about the product. Like, a lot of times it's people complaining about like what the product doesn't do, even though the description clearly said what it does. Or you know, there's many places you can go out and learn what the app does. So you buy the app and it like it's missing a feature that you want. So you give it a one star review and then you complain about it, even though the app is like perfect in every other way for you know everything yeah. that it does do and that it was supposed to do. And that the description said it did before you bought it. But yet, you know, you're kind of forced into it. You're given a platform to have a voice. And then in many cases, you can't even have a voice unless you click the, a number of stars. And you're like, well, I don't care. It sucks. You know, it doesn't have what I want. So I'm giving it one. Which, you know, it's just... It, the review system online is completely flawed. Um, even, yeah. even though I do use it at times, like on Amazon, I'll go through... I'll look at the star rating. If there's a, like a huge if there's a huge number of... If it's like 10, I'm not going to give it much merit. If there's 5,000 people who reviewed something and it's got you know four or four and a half, five stars, they, they, to me, that means something at that point. Um, you know, I'm still going to look into it more. <clears throat> and when I, re- when I look through reviews, I look for specific things. You know, I'm looking for people who... Um, 
talk about you know the, the when they got it it was broken or you know they had trouble with customer service from the company or you know certain things like that where it's just maybe indicative of what I could expect if I were to have problems or when I'm going to get this thing. So mm-hmm. I don't know. You got you got to learn how to use online reviews the right way and you really need to learn how to yeah overlook you know the stuff that is meaningless and that you shouldn't put much weight in. There should I guess. there should be a class on that or something so that everyone can end up giving a legit review or something. I don't know. I mean, I was just actually last night I was purchasing a book on the Kindle store and I just think it's, I mean, I don't really know how much you can pay attention to the user reviews for some of these books because some of these books that are, you know, New York times top bestseller. And then you have some guy who thinks he's God's gift to literature come in and give it one star (laughs) because he, you know, because he thinks that he or she thinks that, you know, it was crap in their mind's eye is just, I don't know. It's just, you have to take everything with such a grain of salt. Such personal taste on a lot of that. Restaurants, food, movies. I mean, just because people don't like, you know, most people didn't like the English patient. Because most people are yeah. rubes, okay, if I'm going to be negative right. about it. It's, it's, <clears throat> it's not Pacific Rim, okay? I love <laughs> English patient, you know? But if I went by reviews of people who, who heard about it or saw it, my mm-hmm. guess is right. most people are like, oh, this is boring or whatever. And, and it's fine to like Pacific Rim. I shouldn't say, but, you know, if you don't like it, you're a rube. That's really negative. But it's just different tastes. <laughs> it totally right? is. I mean, it's yeah. different for like a lawnmower. Where I've used reviews where people said, "Oh, this doesn't start well," whatever. But yeah. still, to Adam's point, you gotta to to use a grain of salt, and that's what this article. This is where my ha ha comes in for Katie, who is so proud now because she's a Yelp ambassador or something. <laughs> she she's evaluated so many restaurants now that she's one of those people. But the the article says. <laughs> The rule remains the same. Read reviews if you have no other source of information, but never place your full trust in them. Mr. Semester, who says he has never written a review himself, follows this philosophy. And then this is the part where I just want to frame this. The other conclusion is that behavior online is too easily taken as a mirror of reality when it is nothing of the sort. What seems to be the voice of the masses is the voice of a self-appointed few, magnified and distorted. Amen, brother. Perfect, perfect. And Jackie, your example of, of literature was is so perfect because I've, you know, I, I I joined up on Goodreads. That's the, the social network for books, basically, mm-hmm. um, a while ago, and it was just interesting because I was digging into some of the. Um, you know, I, I am a fan of fantasy fiction. You know, I loved like Game of Thrones. You know, long here here I'm going to come out as someone of a snob. I loved Game of Thrones before Game of Thrones was cool. <laughs> I read I read that a long time ago. Um, no, but I love I love that series. So and I, mm-hmm. there's a bunch of other ones, but it's interesting with like fantasy fiction because you get you get these dudes who are just such literature snobs and who oh, will yeah. tear down the lesser authors about how they're you know their their poor structuring of the story and the characters are weak and shallow and it's kind of like you know I really enjoyed a number of these weak and shallow books you douchebag. So how about you just get off of my bench here and. So oh. I, I, literature is great. I, I don't know. Maybe there's more snobs there than there is anywhere else. Probably. I think you're right. Maybe music. I or might put music, music yeah. ahead of literature. Man. Music too, Boy, sure. there are some snobs there. Holy buckets. <laughs> God forbid the thing? if you like Maybe a One we, Direction song. And did we, did we, somebody shared that Jimmy Kimmel link to the, yes. like something, like all the, they were going out to all these hipsters and talking about made up bands and oh these, gosh, they were like, oh, funny. I love those guys. I, listen, I was at their first concert and they're like, it's not even a band, you was that Was that Burning Man or something? 
Something like that. It was something like that. Yeah. I, I know it was, we had the link bouncing around. Oh, their vibe. It was... It's just really, you know, it's so true. <laughs> it's so honest. And when they play live, you know, you can just feel that they mean it. It's, it's not even a band. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. That was perfect. All right. Let's go to the last one, which, again, makes me laugh. Um, so every once in a while, we get into the world of logos, even though we don't really design logos anymore. We used to. <coughs> um, sometimes we do identity development for folks, but... Um, it's not our favorite thing anymore, so it's it's pretty rare. So yeah. this was a story on um, where was this? And this is one we've talked about before too. We've we talked about yeah. this logo when it rolled out. It's the Wendy's logo, and the the headline says "Hidden Message of the New Wendy's Logo." And so basically, it's talking about how research shows that more than half of men prefer their moms cooking to their own wives. And obviously, there's a whole th- you know therapy industry to tell you why that's the case it has nothing to do with the actual <laughs> cooking right but but the point is boy you really want to convey that something is related to your mom's cooking and so mm-hmm. um this says it should not be a surprise to see that fast food restaurant wendy's associating their refresh brand with mom's cooking look at the clever way the word mom <laughs> i can't even get through this is hidden in wendy's collar the trick is most apparent in the single color variation of the logo used on packaging. <coughs> and then, so th- so whoever, I-, I don't know if this person's just making this up or they've heard it somewhere else, but if you if you look at her collar, it's basically got some stripes and then the center's like a pendant. Mm-hmm. So the stripes yep. can spell M's and the pendant's an O. So I would right. never have seen that. Um, so Especially not, gets, in the, not in the color version, where, I, where it, it's really hard to pick it out because there's they're using different hues. I mean, yes. you really have to get to this to this to the monotone version of it to to be able to really say, "Hey, that that says mom." So, when I first read this, I'm like, "Come on, somebody's got way too much time in their hands." There's a there's like a subscript that says <laughs> "Update One." According to the Huffington Post, the hidden message was unintentional. To which I put, "No shit." We're aware <laughs> of this and find it interesting that it appears our Wendy cameo that's the that's the pendant has mom on a rougher collar we can assure you it was unintentional said the senior vice president of communications then (laughs) update two this is where (laughs) it drives it home several readers pointed out that her freckles loosely referenced the big dipper wikipedia (laughs) wikipedia identifies many cultural references associated with this star constellation including the bible and tolkien's middle earth it's it's a prominent symbol in Magna series Fist of the North Star, but it would be a stretch to go there, would wow. it not? No more than seeing mom and her collar, says I. You know what? So, and the color they choose to use for the monotone version, it's, it's re- it represents blood because it's red, which represents <clears throat> death and destruction. I don't know. I'm just trying to add more to it here. Well, someone someone in the comments of this article said another subliminal message may be the way her mouth sort of looks like a wishbone. Like, what is that? <laughs> well, here's mine. I'm like, okay, let's play this game. So here's what I found, right? I think her pendant is an upside-down omega. So omega is the Ooh. last symbol. Yeah. Wait till you hear what that means. It's the last letter in the Greek alphabet. And Wikipedia, of course, notes that one use of this symbol is to denote the end of everything, because it, usually you say Alpha Omega. Alpha is the start of the world or the universe. Omega is the end. So I think this is actually a secretly satanic message <laughs> that references the end days. That's awesome. I should post that in the comments. Wendy's is really all the money is going to uh, to help those people build an ark to survive the end days. 
<laughs> Here's another one. What about the way her hair in front looks like? Looks like a knife. Makes me want to go stab someone. <laughs> wow. Oh, seriously, people. That is funny. But did you guys go to the actual other logos with hidden messages, Link? No. No, where oh, is that? That could that could take us all day. It's in that article. And that's why I was uh, looking at some of these things uh, going, I didn't... Yeah, well, I mean, the other, the big one is like FedEx with the arrow, which... Okay, I can't see the arrow. You know, I, it's, if you look at the X and the E, where they join in, in, in X, where the X, look at where the X touches the E. Yeah. Oh, got it. it. Okay. Ar- the, the white space there is an arrow. Okay. Can I... You know, wait, I want to continue like to read the... I want to continue to read the comments because <laughs> they're awesome. So here's one where somebody takes this so seriously. I view this type of branding as insidious and demeaning because it further subjects us to manipulation. <laughs> it has gotten to the point that while it's impossible to stop corporations from using mind control techniques in the public, it is certainly possible for us to take back our personal control by becoming aware of them. And then the comment to that comment was, if the word mom in a logo strikes you as insidious and demeaning, I venture to guess that you might be a little too far on the sensitive side of the internet. <laughs> that is so oh, awesome. God. It's hard to know if that person was a complete troll, though, too, with writing that. Because that sounds like it's almost too perfect to be somebody's actual ridiculous, ah, absurd opinion. I don't know. If you looked at her picture, I think she she's got some issues. I'm looking at her right now. Yeah, she looks like a kind of a psycho. It's easy to say, oh, what's the harm and move along? Well, the harm is that in reality, as technology improves and more and more invasive methods in printing their brands become possible, <laughs> corporations will scramble to use them. By the time we begin to feel violated, <laughs> it will certainly be too late. This type of branding must be exposed simply because that's all the power we have left. And any power that is not used will certainly be lost as well. I wow. said good day. Good day. Good day, sir. <laughs> Calm oh, down. what a great way to end the podcast. That is so super awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. Oh, well, at least we can have fun with it. Because really, that's all we have left. If we don't use our power, it will be used by others against us. Mm-hmm. We should just cut it off right there. I think we should. That's awesome. We'll post the link to this. Mm-hmm. I think Super um, Awesome should be our show title now, though. Super Awesome? Don't you think we could pull from these comments? Oh, my gosh, yeah. There's got to be something in there. Pull from her comment. What can we, we, um, what can we use on her comment as the show title? Um, mind control techniques. <laughs> uh, mind control. Come on. But by the time that we begin to feel violated. Wow. I mean, Logo I feel violated violation. by the NSA. So I grant her that. Yes, but I don't go. feel violated by Wendy's, even if they meant to, putting mom in the logo. <laughs> oh my gosh, I know. Oh, that's funny stuff. All right. Well, we better stop there before we go we on end on forever. a high note. <laughs> yeah, we can end on a high note. So for the Arrogant Healthcare Marketing Bastards podcast, this is Chris Bevelo, Adam Meyer, Jackie Ritaco. Thanks for joining us, and we will talk at you next week. Bye. <laughs>